0: Love, talk, radio.
1: Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience revelatory teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price.
2: All right, we are live once again in Tulsa, Oklahoma with the Paula Price Show, Scripturally Organic culturally unmodified, which means we have no idea what we're going to get today.
3: But, but you know, it's, good.
2: It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> last week we were in um, the true love of God, is what you brought us last week. And I tell you what, it was love like we have never heard before in the body of Christ. I know,
3: and you know, Ashley, I got a lot of feedback on that.
2: You did. You did. He did um, and we posted about that this morning, even a uh, a flashback, a recap of that, but how you said how love prevents you from destroying yourself and others. Mm-hmm. So we have made it so
3: romantic. Uh, yeah, exclusively. So romantic. Exclusively. You know, Ashley, it's interesting that you brought that up, because i want to talk about something that we've tapped on a little bit. And be ready, because you don't know where I'm going to throw you. <laughs> or what I'm going to throw At you or to you. I'm not quite sure which way to put it. But let me say this. We have spent about a week or two. No, that's so not, not accurate. We spent about a month dealing with prophetic marriages. Haven't we? We spent a month. People got married on a prophecy. Prophets running by telling people they ought to get married. And the fallout from that is really intense. And so I just talk about what's on God's mind. And so I'm talking to God about it. Well, actually, God's talking to me about it. And I'm saying, Well, you know, Lord, how is it so many prophets fall into that? How many? I mean, what is it that makes them fall into that? I mean, you're nobody. They run up to you, they look in your face, and all of a sudden they say, Ta da! Get ready, your Boaz is coming. Just get ready. Oh come on here, you know there you go. That's the one. Your boaz is coming. Come on, Ruth. And your name is, you know, Jesse or Jane or somebody. But you're Ruth right now. And so I ask God, I said, and so many of those marriages are errant. There are those that, that it happens to and on the heels of their word, as if it's a fleece, on the heels of their word, Ashley, comes a person. And everything about this person gets on your nerves. But you talk yourself into it because you have a prophecy. Mm-hmm. Everything about this person reads wrong. Then you wouldn't have chosen them, except yes, folks. I'm on this because God's on it because God is trying to get some godly seed and some godly people out of His relationships. So you, you all of a sudden, you this guy, everything about him. You. This woman, everything about her, she reminds you of the last two people you had that you couldn't stand. Here she comes in the third version. And so you talk yourself into it and you don't know why, not only do you talk yourself into it, you start getting spiritual pressure. The, that that the, the spirit of that prophecy begins to push you and push you in your sleep, push you in your prayers, push you in your Bible studies. I mean, you are pushed. And all of a sudden, now you were content up until the point that you got that word. You were content. You were waiting on the Lord. You have, you know, finally decided, I'm going to get close to Jesus. And when you vow to get close to Jesus, you can rest assured some distracting prophecy will come. You can rest assured. If you say, I'm going to have a shut-in, all the people who have never called you for the last five or ten years will check in that day. I'm just checking in, and I've got nothing to say because they've been pushed. And so there is a push principle with the prophetic that you have got to know about. And so... Which is why you have to have the conviction of truth to push back. <laughs> and so we, you, you finally made up your mind. I'm, I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm not looking. I'm not dating. I'm not mating. I'm not chasing. I'm just going to serve God. And the minute you make that vow out of your heart, and those words hit the wind, you will get a prophecy. Some prophet is going to come out of somewhere or nowhere. Drop into your life and tell you it's time. Get ready. Or you'll get somebody, you'll go to a meeting, meet somebody, and all of a sudden the spirit of seduction will take over either on that person or on the, the meeting or a familiar spirit that you have dismissed. It's trying to gain reentry, and you are going to be told that this is the one. Doesn't she look like the one? Doesn't he look like the one? Don't they look like the one? Okay, I'm I'm not going to say this is God, bud. And so next thing you know, you are wrestling in your flesh like crazy. And this person is showing up in your dreams. You can't, you don't even understand it. You're riding down the highway. Their picture, face comes before you. I mean, this is a tough one. You are fighting those words, manifesting in your life. And every time you get a visual, and every time you get a mental recall, you, you, uh, another piece of that thing is filling in the portrait of the seduction that's waiting to take you off course. So I'm talking, you know, this is God and I. We're having this conversation. You know, I guess you all know by now, I do have these long in-depth conversations with the Lord. Hallelujah. And so I'm sitting there. And I'm waiting. I don't mean I am listening to God, and he's writing this thing, and he's rolling this out. And I said, well, God, why is it that so many prophets are caught up in this? I said, at the moment it sounds like prophecy, or it can appear as prophecy, but in the end, Father, it turns into divination. You realize it was divination. And so you remember I talked to you a couple of weeks back around the Valentine season. I talked to you about romance being a type of divination. You all remember that? If not, we'll find it because, you know, Prophet Ash, going to find everything. So, romance being a type of divination. So, you know how with God, you get your, I mean, your revelation from him almost like bit of data. You know, you get a little bit, and then he sees what you do with that, and then he'll come and he'll give you a little more, and you'll see and until he finally gets you to get a letter. All you got is a letter. You don't even have a word. You just have a letter. And that process can go on for several months. And if it's profound enough and impactful enough in his kingdom, it can go on for several years. I have uh, revelations that God has just given me the answer on, just like, hallelujah. So anyway, here we are. So God and I are talking. He, He said, but if you understand romance to be a spirit of divination, especially romance as your world is treating it, well, it's just what it is. It comes from the Romans, so there you go. That says everything. And so if you think of that, then you need to understand that there's a divinatory God that is provoking these words. See, the the reason that we're going into this is for twofold. I'm going in another direction today, and I, but I'm on a journey, and I want us to get to this journey together, family. So I said, God, what is it? So here is what I got from the Holy Ghost, and I think I can give you some pushback defense. God said it's the spirit of Cupid. We and I didn't realize it. He kept talking to me about Cupid, and I was like, God, oh, you know, Jesus, you my, come on, Lord. Sometimes you're so self centric I can't give you a global revelation. And so He said, "That's the spirit of Cupid." And because romance is so uh, propped up in church doctrine, church theology, family first, ma- marriage first, uh, find a mate, you know, get a date, and all of that, everything is around that. In the, and, and here's what I want you to hear: in the spirit. Of the last days, in the days of Noah, marriage becomes the number one stumbling stone for God and his people. And all of you who are my, I got theologians out there, I've got scholars out there, I've got academics out there, I've got researchers, study the days of Noah. Now remember, the days of Noah are before anything. The days of Noah are what leads up to the flood. Huh. Hallelujah. I don't have a slap cloth. I don't know. We're going to find one. i got one around here somewhere. Uh, hallelujah. We're going to get a slap cloth because that's a slap word or something. But anyway, the days of Noah. Lead up to the flood, people, because we say the days of Noah as if it was the days of Jesus and planet. No, the days of Noah defined and justified the reason for the flood. And so Jesus says, in the last days, it will be as it was in the days of Noah. And he says it three times, I believe, I know twice, but for sure he says it more than once. He said that they will be marrying and giving in marriage. They will be drinking and carousing. In other words, it's going to be a flesh for all, free for all flesh. And so here we are today with marriage being the big deal, the dominant thing. Oh, come on, somebody. Hear what I am telling you today, because you need to find out why you are a pawn in this plan and what makes you vulnerable, susceptible to it. So
4: we're in the days
3: of Noah, and in the days of Noah, Jesus is saying, thank you. I got to say, hey, guys, it's back. All right? So – here we are in the days of Noah, and we have everything is about marriage. Everything is about marrying and giving in marriage, and switching and swapping, and, and, and dating and mating, and, and, and all of that, and all of the other witchcraft and sorcery paraphernalia that goes with it drugs, or intoxication, you know, seductive aphrodisiacs, all of that go into this, this complex mix. This apothecary of carnal seduction. And as long as people are giving their hearts to swapping their hearts with humans, they will never think or appreciate giving their heart to Christ. So, this is a, this is a swapping of emotions, this is a fusion of emotions, this is everything. But it's utilizing, believe it or not, the Genesis command. It's utilize, utilizing and, and perverting the be fruitful and multiply. Subdue the earth. And so we are there. What you're seeing now, you can't get away from dating. You can't get away from mating. You can't get away from sex. You can't get away from, from aphrodisiac. Oh, now, uh, what do you think viagra is? That's an aphrodisiac. All of those those sex, uh, uh, your, your little KY jelly, that's an aphrodisiac. So you can't get away from it because everything is keeping your head locked in your genitals. Lock in your sexual organs. Everything is about locking the human being, your mind, in your sexual organs. Well, I don't care whether they're selling toothpaste, trying to get a, a, a sweep the floor, whatever it is. I think the most violent commercial I ever saw was the two 90-year-old people trying to be sexual all the thing and falling on the floor. If I said, I know there was an ambulance outside. I'm convinced they had to have an ambulance and a stretcher out there. That's how vile becomes. And everything is about it's your time. Well, we're just dating around, but now so much so that you are literally committing the marriage act before you even commit or make a covenant with the person you're sleeping with. Because remember, in God's time, marriage was was not an institution based on a wedding ceremony. In the days of Noah, it wasn't based on a wedding ceremony. We saw that. It was based on sex. So now we've got this sexual bigamy going on that is wide scale and, and business promoted. Now, how is that? Well, if we go back to Genesis 6, and you know we're going back to Genesis 6. If you go back to Genesis 6, and it talks about the sons of God looked at the daughters of men and saw that they were fair and decided that they were going to take all they wanted. That was what, that's what it said. And that was... So that means the sons of God that, that, that did not keep their first estate, well, of course, Satan's entourage got kicked out of heaven. So they, they they're down in this earth strata. They don't, you know, they 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 got their access passes gone. You know, they can't go back up into God's realm. And so, but there, God is using them. Darkness into a planet, you got to have some superintendents and, and leaders and sovereigns of darkness. So that's the way it goes. So they didn't do it. So they did that. Now, if that was what God said when he said every thought of man's heart was continually evil all the time, every thought, we're there. We're there, folks. And so that that means that there are deities or fallen angels that are fueling this days of Noah sexual mania, marriage mania. So now, here we are. Fast forward, 21st century, you can't get away from it. You can't go to church unless you are forced to find something to date or mate with or marry. You can't get past a year's worth of sermons. Let's not even talk about the pastor and his wife standing up together, licking and laughing at each other like they're on a honeymoon, thing. We don't even want to talk, but let's talk about that. Out, you can't get, you can't have praise and worship without the people in front of you fondling each other. I'm like, didn't y'all handle that before church? Y'all need to go get the back seat of your car, finish that off, and then come on back in and let's worship Jesus. I was sitting, we were sitting down with the couple, and I've been sitting down with couples all along, and I've decided I'm going to get up and walk away. And every time, you know, and actually, you know, it's true. You're sitting down there, they're stroking each other like monkeys in a tree. Huh. They look like apes. They, they, they think you, they think you're, you're, they're showing you how deeply they, they look like monkeys in a tree. Stroking each other, scratching each other's back, rubbing. I'm like, are you kidding me? We were in an airport, and this, this couple was like, he was just rubbing up. I said, he looks like he's scratching her back and then playing with it like a monkey. And it really did look ape-like. You know, have you ever watched Monkeys? Monkeys don't ever stop pawing each other. They never stop. And that's the, and that's you know, You're all buying into that whole Darwin thing where we're all like the animals. You are. I'm not. I was, I didn't, my, my gene pool didn't come from a monkey. Okay, I don't have any monkey genes. And so, anyway, now, you you know, you're looking at those behaviors. So, anyway, so we're sitting there, and, and, and you, they can't sit in front of you without rubbing all over each other. And I don't care how old they are, how young they are, it's all the same. And I said to God, because God, if, if, every time I think about it, I uh, talk to him, he has this look in his face where it's, it's like something stinks in front of him. I was like, so that's a real, you, that stinks to you, huh? Right. And so you can't go to church. You can't go to praise uh, rehearsal. You can't go to anywhere without thinking that you're in some sort of sex club. Days of Noah, people. So now, that's fine. So that prop. Tell me why I got the wrong thing. Because these prophets are running with the divinatory spirit. That is out here to fulfill the word of the Lord That at the last days We would be like the days of Noah That they'd be marrying and giving and marrying And they the Bible uses marrying is really sexing They'll be sexing and giving and sex. Because you're talking about people who say Well we, we we never went for the civil ceremony But we're just as married as anybody else You're right And so is the guy you went out with last night And the woman you slept with this morning You're just as married to them In God's mind So why are we doing this? Well, let's go back to Genesis 6-5 that I just mentioned. All those angels in those heavenly places needed to have a woman and a way of reproducing themselves. So they rewrote the laws of marriage, and they wrote it, rewrote it into, from what God said in Genesis. Now this is bone in my bone and flesh in my flesh. She shall become woman, for she was taken out of man. But God didn't put women in them, so they had to take women from man. See, Adam was brought forth with his wife in him. So I'm using this. I mean, I covered this quite a bit in my last seminar. Some of you all may need to go to my site. Prophet Asher will tell you how to go over there and get it. But I covered this in my last seminar. But right now, I need you to understand that the prophets need to stop prophesying by Cupid. Because those are Cupidic prophecies. And they are prophecies meant to, to to and half of many of them don't know it. But when you are more of a gift in an office, and if you are also derelict in your development for your office, you just kind of leap them quantumly, so to speak. Then you don't you can't discern the difference. Now I'm telling you, I know it's the truth because those spirits talk to me. I ha- when I'm standing up, especially if you know somebody is this unmarried, this to think thing, these things are in the airway. And you've got to filter them out. You know, when you turn on your television or all of your electricity, you don't see all of the other electrical beams that are in the airwaves. You just know what's been captured and sent down the wire of your electricity. You don't see all of the energy. You don't see all of the energy is radiating at all. But it's there. You know, the Bible said light was in the world but men love darkness rather than light because these were evil, that people couldn't even see Jesus in the world as the light of the world. So I'm telling you, these things have to do with, I'm going somewhere, but these things have to do with being bound up with these spirits, the gods who are on assignment for romance, and romance being a type of divination, which is why it keeps coming out in prophecy. Is this working for you all? Are they flowing with me? Because some of you all, The prophet brought the assignment of divination on your life, and they couldn't discern it from the book that God wrote on your life. So if they're culture-bound, they're going to go with that. And if they're religious-bound with that culture, they're going to go with the, you ought to be married. A woman can't fulfill her purpose until she's married, and then she marries a guy who hates her and her purpose. And the prophet prophesied it. The prophet said, this is your husband. This is your wife. Now, there are times that God will marry you to the wrong person. And I've read Scripture where he married you to the wrong person for two reasons. One, the first reason is because you, you just want to be married. You just need a person. So he just picked the one that would be most advantageous to his end in your life. So he married you to a person. That's what Paul is talking about. It's better to let them marry than burn. You couldn't keep it together. You couldn't keep it closed up, shut up, and zipped up. So God just go ahead on and say, well, rather than let y'all burn, I'm going to let you go on and at least try to work some legitimacy in my laws. Because to you, the worst thing in the world was to burn in your passion or to have God put a cap on it until you had got the right person. See, it's what you prioritize. And see, God said he's going to answer your prayer. We always think that God's going to answer the prayers that do us good until we meet him. That's not what he said. He said, whatever you ask me to do, I will do it. And we don't read that the way he wrote it. He said, whatever to ask me to do, I will do it. That means I will do it directly, I will send someone to do it, or I will take away the heads just preventing it from being done. Because you want it. Because God said, you know, we, we, we love it. God said he's going to give up the desires of our heart. You know, reckless teaching is so scary. Because there's nothing 100% yet, white or black light or dark good or evil. God has a, a – this thing is working in an amazingly but very, very uh, intricate and very volatile structure, and it doesn't take much. So when you say God said he's going to give you the desires of your heart – First of all, you, you need to make sure that you know what your desire is, because God's answering your heart and not your words. Because we reword things to sound right. We rephrase it. We kind of modify it. We temper it for, for coming out of our mouth. But that's not what the imagination center in your heart is producing. It's generating what you want. I'm sorry, I just want a man. I don't care. And I can't even tell you how many women I don't care. I just want to be married by 30. I just want to be married by 40. How many men, I'm sorry, I haven't had have enough women. Now you want to sit there and dump all of that and the woman that was keeping herself holy. Come on, somebody. That is so unjust. Days of Noah. And so when you you want to protect yourself, you want to ask the question, when you get a prophecy about marriage, the first thing you want to do is do battle with Cupid. The second thing you want to do is do battle with the spirit of romance, the divination. That's a divination, and it is real. It is real. It shows it's the spirit of romance that's pushing you into, into fulfilling Cupid's word on your life. Oh, yeah, it's deep. But you know what? We in D. It's deep, and we in the, we've gone from the deep side of the pool to the deadly side. It is serious. So when you have, you get these prophecies now, because I do it. Now when they come, particularly when they start talking my girls, I'm like, but God told me he's going to show me every one of their husbands, and I'm going to see them and know them, and I'm going to get the news before they do. So when I start hearing that, uh-uh, and I tell people, don't come in my church prophesying nothing to my women. Don't do it. Don't bring your little Cupid words in my, don't do it. Don't, 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 because they have to battle with that devil when you go home, and they have to wrestle with their flesh and wrestle with their uh, uh, uneasiness. They've got to deal with stupid dreams coming to them and and, and seducing fears coming in their sleep and all that kind of stuff because you you release the word from your mantle, not your office, from your mantle, because you can do things in uniform that you can't do in your office. So we're having... We're having this whole conversation. God is telling me. He said those are Cupid prophecies. He said because they have named that as the God of love in the sexual world, in the secular world. He is the God of love. Every Valentine's Day, you celebrate Cupid, and you don't realize it. Well, I don't. Yeah, you do. If he set up the institution, then just because you go and switch a sign, a number on the hotel room doesn't mean you change the hotel. And you celebrate this God of love and this God of marriage, not to mention the thing coming together out of violence. You wonder why. It's the thing coming together out of murder, jealousy, rage, envy, you know, perversion. And and yet we celebrate it. I don't, but I'm using that just so everybody knows that I do realize I'm on earth. So, you, so now we have prophets. I mean, you got churches. Walking around with the little red and and black on, and got the little hearts on, and everything, and not once, not once, have they stopped to think, I just put another god in my church, over my church. But then the churches that do it probably have already have a bunch of. You got Cupid, you got Apollo, you've got Diana. You got a whole lot of deities up in these churches, these religions from these mythological deities. That rewrote themselves for the Greco Roman era that you have no idea about. I wrote this dictionary for that purpose. The dictionary talks about all of these deities. It tells, and it was written for prophets to know how not to prophesy by a false god, and how to recognize when a false god is trying to use their channel and to use their their wavelength. Or platform and so I just want you know you to know today that we have and that's why I was going asking I was going when I asked but today we, we I'm going to we've been talking about the assessments well by the end of this month the prophetic aptitude questionnaire will be done and it will be back on the market and we're going to give you a taste of that but there is a part in all of these assessment that we register, and I'm telling you, it's the popularity, the frequency, I'll say, with which it appears is astounding. And that is spiritual purity. Isn't it, prophetess? Oh, yeah. So do you want to, since you've probably discussed it like nine times, even in just this month, do you want to talk about, give them a short version of what the spiritual purity category means?
2: Yes, well, in the assessment, it uh, measures the greatest threat. It, that's the category it comes under to your success as a manager, minister, your ability to execute it, and your need for spiritual purity. Uh, in part of your explanation, you address the inability to rightly divide, uh, to rightly. Oh, I'm sorry. You can get see, I mean. I'm getting my categories mixed up. Need for spiritual
0: purity
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> is how. You have uh, been influenced by your surrounding streams and what you've taken in. But a lot of it is also tied to, and please correct me if I'm getting the wrong definition, uh, your desire and drive to always see the supernatural.
5: No matter what. No matter what. No matter what
2: over God's truth mm-hmm. is so important for you. Uh, when people talk about it, I just need to feel it, I just need to know, it doesn't no matter what anybody says, I just, have to feel, I just have to see, I just want to see God mm-hmm. move, I just want to do whatever,
3: they are the most susceptible to spiritual impurity. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the heart of the spiritual purity decision is this, the inability to discern the spirit of Christ from every other spirit in the vicinity,
6: from his creaturehood.
3: Right. From his creaturehood. You don't have the ability. You cannot have it, and you have no filters to alert you when you're even prophesying by a false Christ or for a false god. Again, your love for spiritual things, your, your relishing in the unseen and in the invisible overtakes, overtakes the, the, your filter system, if you had any, or overtakes the, your judgments where you cannot discern if you're prophesying by Christ or if you're prophesying by any other deity in, this, uh, in the vicinity, including, including, come on, somebody, hear this, mm-hmm. including what the desires of the person's heart. I talked with you last week about people who literally have their folks praying at home when you go to a prophetic meeting, and you have to discern whether or not you're being pushed in the spirit as a prophet and pushed to say something that is a campaign that Satan wants. And using your authority, because he has no authority. His authority is over the lost, not the saved. His authority is over the dead and doomed, not the revived, which is why you come out of the world into Christ. Because Satan does not have authority over anything that is Jesus Christ. And he has no authority over anything that's embedded in Christ. And for the record, just for the record, he also lost all of his authority. God stripped him. That's what it means when you read in Scripture, if you ever read your Bible, where it said he led captivity captive and he made a show of them or a spectacle of them openly, where he said, now is the God of this world cast out. That's what he was talking about. He said, it's coming to me. And so when you read later on in Peter, Peter said, "Where angels and principalities are subject to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ became, again, totally retained and and, and, uh, retook dominion over the invisible and spiritual realm. Now, he created all of them. He knew them. They were in his world. He had already defeated them in his world. But then now he has to defeat them in earth. And he went to hell to defeat them in hell. The man couldn't just get on the throne like most of us. No, no, no. He got to go through all these battles and hoops and everything to prove to his father that he's the right one and that he can keep what is being entrusted to him. We have all of these threats. You know professionalism. We have spiritual purity. We have rightly dividing the word of truth. We have conflict with biblical authority. All of these things come up. Now they come up in in both assessments. But when they come up with the prophet, that's telling me I'm I'm going to get on again, off again, accurate prophecy. I'm going to get some from Jesus and some from your favorite song and some from your favorite this and some from your that and your pet this and all of that. You know, and I like it. I had an experience once. And then Ashley and I gonna show you, we'll show you how it works. Um, but I had an experience once, and I was a young prophet at the time, and I held a prophetic meeting in my church way back in uh, Jersey. And so in this meeting, the, a woman came in and she brought all of these people with her. I was so excited because I was young and we hardly had any positive, you know, response. So she brings all of these people with her into my meeting, and so I at the time. I had just accepted that what was going on between me and God and what God had been doing with me, you know, all these years was prophecy. So I didn't know that. I just would tell you, know, the Lord is showing me, you know, I'm seeing this, but I didn't know because I, I wasn't raised in that stream. So anyway, this woman comes into my thing and I'm prophesying, you know, because it's at the end of it. I'm just giving the word of the Lord and giving the word of the Lord and giving the word of the Lord. I'm having a blast. It's just wonderful. And. Long, and so she stands in front of me, and when she stands in front of me, the voice says to me, "Tell her she's gonna have a baby." So I stand, in, and she's standing with her husband, a cute little couple. They just, and they've been trying a long time, and and so she stands in front of me, and I say, um, I look at her, and I say, "Hmm, that's not right." And so the voice says, "Tell her she's," and I'm saying, "That's not right," because I'm, I don't know, I'm because I'm in my prophetic office. So this thing is yelling through the window of my office, if you will, and trying to throw these these words in. So I'm standing there, and um, finally I said, you know, everything around me wants me to tell you that you're pregnant, and that you're going to have a baby, and that you are, you, you know, what you came here for. God is going to give you. I said, but I'm going to tell you right now, the spirit of truth tells me that that's wrong. I said, number one, you're not pregnant. Number two, you do have a physical issue. And I don't see a baby. I said, and thirdly, whatever you've been doing to push the spirit realm, I said, you keep pushing, you're going to have a phantom pregnancy because you so want that thing to happen. Now, I'm young. I, I'm being honest with you. I'm, I, I I don't even know how I knew it, other than God. And so she and her husband are serious with me, serious. Uh, because in my area, they knew if you're going to give the word, it's, it's going to be right for me because I'm not going to let, I, I, I'm so bad at being pushed. And so, um, so anyway, she so I tell her and so she leaves. After it's over, and um and the meeting is over, someone comes over and says, I know you are real you are a real prophet because she's had her prayer team pray all night long on you. And they all those people that you saw were her prayer team, and while you were prophesying, they were praying. Now, I'm telling you, is that helping anybody? I want somebody out there to tell me if that helped you. I need to hear your feedback because that was my, one of my, my greatest classes from God because, you know, you got to do your apprenticeship with the Lord. He's not going to put you out there until you pass apprenticeship. Now, you can run, but he's not going to seal. And so um, so I, she, and the woman said, those people came here for you to confirm all of the prophecies they had given her throughout their prayer time, and I thought that was the first time I realized that when we stand there, if you don't stand in your office, you have no shields, you have no guards, you have no filters, and if you don't have training, you can't get in that office, because God's not going to put anybody in that office untrained, and so I had been, you know, God started training me from the day he filled me with the Holy Ghost, he just started, but, and so I sat there, and the Spirit of Truth, See, the spirit of truth, and if you've not been introduced to the spirit of truth, you can't prophesy truth. If you don't, and you can't get into the spirit of truth without getting into Christ, you can't get understand Christ until you get in his word, and it all goes back to the word of the Lord, because the prophet is supposed to speak for the God that they serve. Now, that scares you, because some of these prophets reveal the God they serve by what they say. So the woman was, I mean, when I say upset, and needless to say, of course you get bashed after that, but I just said, No, that's not it. I'm telling you, that's not it. And that, but that whole group was so angry with me. They just knew. And because they had already done they had their formula. Whatever I asked in his name. Um, God's gonna give me the desire of my heart. I see you're gonna do this. I see you're gonna do that. Now hear me. All that was walking on her were all the prophecies that she had received and their prayers. So when I stood there, my prophetic ears was open to pick up all of that data. Anybody hear me? I had to pick up all that data, and I had to filter it like you do any other math of intelligence to make sure that what I gave was from the spirit of truth. Now, I'm telling you, because it's not easy. That is why I push assessments. That is why I push training. And if I had if, if I had gone along with them, I would have chosen the answers on that assessment for spiritual purity. And I wouldn't have I would have failed. Because I would not have been able to discern the spirit of truth from spirituality in general and the spiritual conversation and the spiritual streams of other gods. Because everybody shows up at your meeting. I'm telling you this. Ashley, did I get any comments on that when I... oh yes.
2: Yeah. Um uh... A
3: lot of amens, and that's why
2: we need training. And someone said that they were ordained a year ago but
3: have not been trained. And so you're ordained to do what? Fail? See, all of that premature ordination sets you up to fail and to flee because Satan wants prophets to make their mistakes early so that he can drive them out of the ministry and drive them out of that service and scoop them up for himself later on. See, he doesn't care if you're not trained because he's not, he's not, he, he doesn't exist for success. He exists for failure. So he's not interested in you being trained. And so as we're we're going forward, these are the, some of the things that we cover in our assessment. Is there anything else, Ashley, you'd like to share? Because you, you're one of our advisors. Mm-hmm. You've been trained. Tell them how many years you've been doing this. And just briefly, the training. Uh, for Dain, it's
2: 11 years under your ministry, we went through, I think it was three years of training? Three,
3: 36 months.
2: 36 months of academic, and? classroom, training, and then practicum, and then we were on probation.
3: Yeah, for two years.
2: Once we were ordained. Yep. And uh, so we had, which was beautiful because we had someone who was ordained with us, so one major blow, it's gone. interpersonal lesson was out. Mm-hmm. never came back. never came back. never mm-hmm. came back to the office. Uh, and so the, the training does build you up in the areas of the soul and the spirit and the person Working it from the foundation up mm-hmm. and not gift expression out. No.
7: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, I was telling one of my students actually yesterday who was doing one of their final presentations for her training track in prophetic awakening.
8: Mm-hmm.
2: And I said, You know, when we talk about prophetic awakening, the way we do it, we say, You're awakened, go say something. <laughs> but in scripture, when God awakened, he was the one doing the talking.
3: And he said, Go learn
2: way <laughs> in the cave and under a rock. <laughs> so we have this completely backwards. Mm-hmm. Now, our training program does the foundational work, the uh, testing, and the trying through those homework assignments to really see. We start with your assessment results to mm-hmm. know where your threats are, where your strengths are, and customize and add things to our standardized training because we have a standard program that we use. Mm-hmm. And then we add customized elements based on your results. Excellent. That's how we maintain the standard mm-hmm. while still making an individuals. And um, and so that
3: it's it's rigorous because the calling is rigorous.
2: People's lives. It's tough because and, and everything about it. People you still you hard. All But we want soft, easy
5: training.
3: Yeah, I know. Isn't that funny? For a hard call. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny?
5: Mm-hmm.
3: You're right. And and so and what we did. So in the assessment, what we did was we i took the fullness of what was produced in the dictionary adapted it for a query, and we ended up with the assessment, which has so many layers that it's, it's not funny. And my profit advisors are serious, and they even with all of that, they still have to do a tra- training for the job and pass it. And I always have probation, because I'm not going to stand up here and ordain you in front of everybody, and all of that, as the woman who wrote the proposition. Dictionary is the training this and that, and I'm going to ordain you, and you flop. That doesn't make me look good. So all of you pastors and all of you prophets who are all excited about, yeah, well, I ordained 16 people and you got 14 failures, I want you to understand it doesn't make you look good. It doesn't enhance your credibility at all, okay? As a matter of fact, it discredits you as being able to choose a winner and to choose a leader, to choose the good and refuse the evil. So you can't do that. And so I'm not doing that. So even though they finished, we did 36 months. We did, they had what I call a provisional ordination. Provisional, which means provided you succeed, and it provided you survive. (laughs) You
2: know what? There's a question on the table about what if you're already ordained? Because we do train. Be ordained.
3: What we trained the ordained, but I'll tell you right now, if you were ordained and untrained, then you shouldn't have been ordained. So you need to put that little piece of paper aside and say, let's go back to ground zero. I will not go over somebody else's work. Paul said I'm going to build on another man's foundation. So I'm not going to go over somebody's work, and I'm not going to put my name on your ordination. That's not going to happen. If you're going get to ord- get ordained by Dr. Paula Price, you're going to be trained by Dr. Paula Price. I am not going to validate someone else's mistakes.
2: Well, what if somebody is serving in another church, and they're active in that ministry, and they want to get trained? Would they have to step down from that ministry? Here's what
3: I would say. Even
2: if let's say we're not going to ordain them and they want to do it.
3: Good question. I would say this. If you're doing something with another church, I am not going to stop it. I don't mind, but we are not going to give you the full program, first of all, without your church knowing it. That's number one. I'm never going to train if you're already in that position. I don't have a right to come in there without your church knowing it unless it's just an autonomous thing. Now, if you want to be a part of a um, an advisement where you get some, some re- what do you call it, refinements, you know, like continuing it kind of stuff, that's fine. But my program is going to dis third, what you're doing, and I'll tell you why. Because if you were put in training, if you were put in position with, with uh, you know, moderate training, the requirements about my program and the regimen of my program is going to be upsetting, so I would like you to let your leaders know, because you're going to shift things, and you're going to do what the mantle does, and that's going to alter the context of that church. But would I take you in training? Absolutely. Would I take you in school? Absolutely, but don't ask me to acknowledge your ordination based on what someone else did. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to verify it. And when you're done, I'm going to credential you. We are now in a position to give you degrees in the prophetic and in the apostolic. So I'm going to credential you, and I'm not credentialing you on based on what it was. Just like if you go to a school, even though you have a job in that field, you go to a school to get educated. They don't. They're not going to. They're not going to validate all of that. They pick and choose what you can do. If you come out well on our assessment, I'm not. I'm just going to go ahead on and pick up from where you are. But By the same token, most people don't because of the fact that we are all, have been all conditioned to be gift conscious. So yes, I want you. Yes, I want you out there. And I want some of you for teachers and trainers myself. Some of you all are really, really good. I mean, really good. And. I want that. We want that to get this true out so that we can stop having the error. But if you're coming to me and you were ordained and you're still sitting down in a pew and somebody ordained you or you went to one of those silly little activation things, then I'm not acknowledging that. Don't ask me to acknowledge that I'm still the wrong person. But if you are officially a prophet, they put you in a position and you're doing the job, etc. I'm there. I want, then I'm going to look at you as more of a collaborator, and we're going to deal on a different level. So then I want you to become orientated in how we do things so that we can partner up. And we are long-distance learning.
2: Because so, uh, there was a, a question about whether no, there's nobody in the area. Whatever, uh, mm-hmm. We have people all over the place. We do. That we train. You don't have to be in Tulsa. We do. And,
3: and I'm, And I really do. If you are a person who's already in, let me tell you what I'm looking for. Maybe some of you all might be interested in this. If you're a person who's already doing this, you're a, you, you're a chief prophet and you're, your church is credible. Once we go through your credentials and we go through all of your experience, etc., cetera, we, we're looking for people who will help us enlarge our advisor-profit staff and our advisor-profit team. It doesn't matter that you're with another church. If we are compatible in, in, in thought stream and in disciplines and precepts and all of those kinds of things if we're compatible then maybe this might be something that you'd like to add to your prophetic sphere and resume i'm looking for that so yes, but I, my, my first answer is the people who said, you know, you went right there and some prophet came to your church and said, blessed be God, you're a prophet, and then there you go, and then you didn't have any training, I'm, and then you go there, or, or tells your pastor you should ordain this, 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 and this. I'm not going to honor that. But if you are already in that position, and you're doing it for Jesus Christ, and you are really making it happen for Jesus Christ, because we're going to vet you. We're going to vet you seriously. And we're gonna screen all of it, even your academia. Like, like for example, there are some masterful prophets out there that have a lot of occultism in that stream. You got some psychic stuff going on up in there. You went to them little shaman shut-ins and carrying on. You went over there to some witchcraft classes. You got see, I'm gonna discern that, and when I discern it, I'm not going to honor it. Because that's, that's that's divination, and I don't want divination in the stream. It, you know, and if you are serious, and some of you are, I'm listening to somebody right now as you're turning this over in your mind. If you are seriously a a, a high prophet and you have been working this thing and maintaining your church, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and we look for your successes because if churches died under your mantle, then you weren't successful. And people don't talk about that you're somebody's covering and they off and, and crazy right now, then you fail. Whether you want to admit it or not, I don't care what the evangelical paradigm says, well, bless God, God's a forgiving God, you know, your boss doesn't hate you when they fire you. They don't hate you. It's not even about hate, you know. It's about, it's about getting a job done. This whole idea that just because you continue to do this thing as a gift that God is with you has got to be killed. Because what you have to look at is how he 's contained you, because God has a, an interesting way of containing us and letting us know we 've been pink slipped if we want to open our eyes to see it but if you're, if you are a prophet I'm, i don 't know who i 'm saying to you right now, if you were a prophet and you were over a ministry, and that thing died, and it died under your tutelage without any any kind of evidence that you did your best to to uh, retain it, then you have to go back and ask yourself. What does that mean? Because a lot of people touched by you are now wandering, confused, frustrated with God, won't go to church, won't turn up again. Why? Because your mantle is supposed to keep that which is entrusted to you. And if that church proved so difficult that you couldn't do anything with it and God knew you had done your best, he would have moved you away before it died. Because he would want you, not, your reputation not to be soiled by the consequences of its resist, resistance or rejection of him. Is this talking to anybody out there? Because I want you, uh, this is serious right now. I want you to hear me. Some of you all should have left when God told you to leave and you didn't leave. And now your reputation is spoiled. Because people don't trust you. I don't care how much people say God's a forgiving God, and when they get away from you, this is what they say. So how come that man of God didn't know so-and-so was happening? So what was wrong with that? How could you be a prophet and not know so-and-so and so-and-so? Well, what kind of prophet is that you didn't deserve and thus and thus and thus and thus? And sometimes it's just a matter of you falling into the ASAP paradigm where the food is so good at the table you don't want to leave. Yeah, I know. That landed somewhere, didn't it? Because, see, those people were paid to tell Ahab what he wanted to hear, not what God had to say. And the person who told Ahab what God had to say was arrested. They weren't feeding him. So he had nothing to lose and nothing to gain by telling them, you are going to lose this battle and you're going to die. So I'm speaking right now, the Holy Ghost has me on this point, because somebody, God is telling you, your job is done. Not, And I don't mean you're frustrated. I don't mean you're angry. I don't mean you're tired. I mean you are so you still are in the one more thing, one more thing, one more thing frame of mind. But I'm telling you, some of you all, you got your reputation destroyed because you didn't leave before the hand of judgment hit that place. Think about Lot and the two angels. The angels are like, I cannot leave you here to experience this judgment because it's not on you. And therefore, you all turned around and you stayed until it was too late. And then you, wanted, you went from trying to be a prophet to trying to be a healer and a restorer, and you still didn't know it was over. You, if we're a prophet. We need to know when God is done with something. And I've said it often to people. No, no, God's done with that. I'm telling you, God is done with that. I don't care what anybody says, he's done with so-and-so and he's not. Why? Because if you are God's prophet, you're in his face. If he's not giving you a briefing every day on what he's doing, if you're not checking in to get updates on what's going on, even in your situation, if you're not with him praying, and you know, because we make prayer such a tedious thing, we forget it's a business meeting, and it's a transaction and negotiation session. And if you're not doing all of those kinds of things, in God, then you need to recognize that you're walking in the blind. And if you're just operating on your, on your um, typical Christian experience, well, uh, God just said, pray always, pray until something happens, push until you change it, and all that. Prophets don't do that. You're an official. That's what they do in the pew. You're an official. And if you're an official, that's not what you do. You also don't flood yourself with a whole lot of nonsense until you're strong enough to discern it. Some of you all just entered this thing after feasting on any old kind of thing, not knowing what's what and what's God and what isn't. And it's very important. So I'm saying to you, even in our assessments, this has been all about you understanding why we do things the way we do them. Because, you know, I hear people say all the time, yeah, well, it doesn't take all of that. It doesn't take all of that for anybody who's going to be sloppy. You know, it doesn't take a lot to be sloppy. And it takes even less to be messy because anybody who is good at what they do will tell you it takes all you have to be good. And to be at the top of your game, it takes everything. To bring, You can't bring an A game when all you did was fail. You can't, You don't have an A game to bring. You don't have a top of the line to bring. All you have is a string of public appearances, and when it comes down to it, eventually that will dry up. So we do this because this is a serious institution for God. It's a serious branch of his, his kingdom, a serious department in his realm, very serious in his government, you know. And so the, the prophetic is a branch of divine government, and we, don't, we forget that. You know, we think we've, made it, we've made it nothing but a, 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 a talk thing. It's just a talk activity, and all we do is run around talking. You want to know why people, prophets out there keep missing it, because if you build your institution on nothing but predicting, then eventually the odds are going to say you're falling. If you are all you do is try to come up with the next prediction, then you're a fortune teller. You're a stargazer. You're a soothsayer. You're not. A prophet of the Most High God. The prophetic is a branch of God's eternal government, a real branch. And within that branch, there are numerous departments, and within those departments, there are numerous offices and numerous functions, etc. That is what we teach. i am not teaching you. To, I don't need to, you. Don't need a class to predict. God had a donkey tell Balaam. You know, Jesus said, i got rocks that will say what I want to say. If that's all we're talking about. But if you're talking about occupying and discharging a a, a, a a position in God's divine government, that's it. You know, because we have been so church-minded, so ecclesial conscious, that we have forgotten that apostles and prophets are the two high officers in God's governmental branch. The third one being teachers. Because we've got the, the receiver. Hallelujah, we've got the, the, the communicator, and then we've got the educator. That's how it works, First Corinthians 12, 28. So I want, you know, you to hear this. So, Ashley, um, I'm going to ask a prophet of deer just to share a little bit on this. Wait, no, no, I don't. i want to hear what you got because you got some stuff over there.
2: Oh, yeah. I forgot.
3: This is needful. I'm spending time laboring with you in this so that some of you all get your prayers answered. You're asking for prayers to be answered. From but you have to recognize there has to be a conduit for God to respond, Ashley.
2: Well, in the beginning, just talking about that spirit of false prophecy uh,
3: has a push to it. Yeah.
2: And we've had to deal with this in our own prophetic group mm-hmm. in the area of relationships. And how do you know what is this and what is that and and many other questions really were rooted more in what the present seductions that have been painted on television and and these scenarios mm-hmm. and the, the uh, happenstance encounters and all this kind of stuff, and you don't realize that is anointed and planned with purpose.
3: Exactly. exactly. Great statement.
2: There is a purpose behind all of those things in the spirit, spirit of Cupid, which is very destructive. We do so many counseling and advisements about the fallout mm-hmm. from the wrong marriage. And the wrong marriage is not always a bad marriage.
3: It's just doomed.
2: <laughs> but, yes, but there's a, a terminal sound mm-hmm. in someone's voice when they know they are married to a person who is not going to uh, partner with them, be with them, or have what it takes, or them mm-hmm. have what it takes even to get their, their self mm-hmm. into destiny and purpose. And so um, i like you talk about the devil fueling this marriage made and I encourage everybody to go to DrPaulaAprice.com mm-hmm. and click on Teach Me, and that's going to take them to the page where they can connect to your site with your training material specifically on marriage and dating and the whole prophetic element and the mania mm-hmm. element. Your Women of Restoration, our conference from December, our Women's Conference is up there as well. They can purchase that and uh, begin to be healed. Mm-hmm. And restored a lot of brokenness in people, and because they don't heal people, they just fracture, which is why there's so many divorces too.
3: They do, and they and they keep taking broken pieces mm-hmm. into the next marriage.
2: Yep.
3: Wow. Any comments you want to share?
2: Oh, sure. Let's see here. Wow, she's exposing things others won't. Is what somebody <laughs> said. You're treading on something here when you were talking in the beginning. Um, Let's see here. Uh, love this woman. Someone said, I'm done like a turkey on Thanksgiving. my <laughs> <laughs> <I love it. laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thanksgiving. I love it. <laughs> wow. And someone said, finally, somebody
3: said it when you were exposing, uh, studying on the days of Noah. Mm
2: hmm. Mm
3: hmm. Well, because you cannot be an apostle or prophet and not discern these links to that which is. Remember, Solomon said, there is nothing new under the sun. That which is has already been, and that which is to be is already done. There is nothing new. A prophet, in order for you to fall in love with Scripture, you must stand on that platform then no matter what form or reformat it takes in the modern world, new in God. And if it's not new in God, there's a place for you to trace it, to track it, to verify it, or discredit it. Prophet, idea. Do you want to share? Because you're one of our advisors, and you're also one of my prophets from the beginning. You're like the first string.
9: (laughs) Yes, the first string. Wow. No, I think today was very powerful. I love um, what you talked about in the beginning, you know, in terms of falling into divination and not realizing you are. And even the piece that you talked about, a person's heart is also prophesying by another spirit. Um, that is so, so needed. I mean, ultimately we just, we need this right now because I I believe a lot of prophets would like to get it right. They want to get it right. Um, they definitely, you know, don't want to find themselves prophesying error, but we need to be taught what that looks like and what that is. Um, very powerful revelation on the days of Noah, and what that looked like, and even what ultimately uh, the, the the concept and even the terminology marriage was alluding to scripturally. So I loved that teaching today. I know everybody else did. I'm along with everybody, writing feverishly and trying to to just put all of the points together because. Uh, Again, I I think that you're you're speaking to a lot of people today who want to get it right, which is why they're listening. (laughs) You know, we're on because we want to get it right. So I, I thank God for what you taught today, and I think that it hit home with a lot of people.
3: Well, I have to say that I agree with you, and please, everybody listening to me, family, I know you want to get it right. The only reason that I'm able to tell you this is because I was trained by God to do it, but I was called to do it. You know, I was picked to be the one to, to, to sit and suffer for 30-plus years. And the back, backlash, the, the, the fight, the isolation, the ostracism, the blackballing, and all of those other things that you go through when you are for the future and the pre- and the present can't relate to you. You know, it's not a matter of hostility or the lack thereof. It really is a matter of, I was for the future, and I was the only one that didn't know. And so I was for the future, and other the people that I was bumping into were for the now, for the, the present. And so, and the prophetic, uh, let me say this first, education is always for the future. It, it always is. Training is for now because you want to train to do something better, whatever. But um, an education program and process is for the future. It's for future use, future employment, future profitability, stability, you name it. Well, that, that being said, the prophetic is also for the future. It is always training for anything is for the future, but the prophetic is for the future. Apostolic for the future. God does not wait until he needs a skilled person to train a person. While all the crazy was going on and all of the the confusion and all of the ups and downs and everything that we just knew were it, I mean, come on, I was out there, we knew was it, all of that, when it began to crumble, God was still in the back room, and I'm saying this because I'm speaking to somebody right now who's about to get a promotion, and so, but I'm saying this, God was in the background getting his David ready. You know, when Saul was doing trial and error, trying to feel his way, he was broken through something that had never happened, no roadmap, no policies, no anything. When he was doing that, God was getting David ready to be his replacement because he knew at some point Saul was going to run out of steam and people were going to fall out of love with him. And when that happened, he, God had to have somebody ready to step in. And so but likewise, um, with, with um, David, David learned from God, so here is David, he's running his kingdom, he's got these sons out there going crazy, and nobody saw Solomon you don't if you don't read the Bible in proper context, you don't realize what Solomon was doing all of his days. He was shadowing his father as king, Now is that good or what? And some of you all, you were for the future. All of the hatefulness you went through, the hurt, the pain, the lack, the loss, all of that was to get you, to build in you the solutions for God's people that you had to come up with for your survival. So, I'm excited about this. Join us tonight for Prophetic Edward, in which we're going to explore some deeper subjects on the prophetic. You know, we've been in the prophet's handbook, so we'll have some more of that tonight. And we've also been going through the assessment and they're really helping you know what God is doing prophetically. You know, you are, I am here, family. I am here because you prayed. I come on every week because you pray. I stand and I get up because you pray, because God answers prayers with people. He doesn't just answer prayer. You might get a pen, but there's a person who got that pen to you. God answers prayers with people. And as we go on our prophetic journey and our apostolic course, I just want you to understand you're being prepared to be an answer to a people's prayer. All right. Well, listen, it's time for us to shift. We're gonna go um, periscope. I'm leaving. Hallelujah. See you tonight, eight o'clock. Prophetic A. Meanwhile, we're going to let prophet Adia do what she does so well, which is let us know what's going on in the Paul of Christ world.
9: All right, I most certainly will. All right, you are listening live to the Paula Price Show. We're on blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. So save us to your favorites and make us your Thursday radio program. If you have iTunes, you, you can subscribe to the Paula Price Show via your podcast app. And we would love it if you would. And please give us a review. Write us a review on iTunes. It would be so helpful to us. Uh, It enables us to reach a greater audience. And plus, we would love to get your feedback. So please let us know uh, how God is impacting you through this show either on our site, blogtalkradio.com slash show or via your iTunes podcast app once you subscribe to the Paula Price Show. We want to let you know a few things that are going on. First of all, we want to let you know about our broadcast offer for the month of March. This month's broadcast offer is just a little bit different. We are pushing for our event that's coming up in June, the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, which is happening June 21st through the 24th. Right now, you can take 20% off your online store purchase when you purchase any registered Registration to the 2017 Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. So, what will happen is once you purchase your registration, uh, you can look for an email from us with 20% off of your online store purchase. It includes like any downloads, any products that you purchase from us via our online store. It does not include our assessment, though. Assessments are sold separately, so just take note of that. But we absolutely want. Uh, to see you register for the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute, which is coming up the 21st to the 24th of June. We have all kinds of registration options for you, but right now we want you to take advantage of buy one, get one, which will happen through Ma- March 25th. Buy one, get one. Each uh, registrant can go for $70.00 if you buy both registrations at the same time. So that is a steal. It's one of the better deals or the best deals, I should say. All of them are good. um, But it's one of the best deals for the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. So take advantage of that. You can get all that registration details online, Dr. Price. So coming soon, next month, April, the weekend of the 15th. So April 14th through the 15th. We want you to join us for another Women's Weekend. Ladies, I'm talking to you right now. Dr. Price is going to be hosting Women of dominion restoring your womanhood april 14th through the 15th and that is uh, the registration is $75 for that online right now. You can get your tickets. If you are a member of NEAR, we do have your NEAR rate available, so you can check online for that. We also have group breaks available if you bring a group of five or bring a group of 10 or more. So register online for the Women of Dominion weekend, April 14th through the 15th. Save those dates, ladies. Let's meet here in Tulsa with Dr. Paula Price. If you were a part of the Women's Restoration Weekend in December, you know how powerful It was. I had to slow it down, y'all. Powerful. It was powerful. You've got to come out and join us April 14th through the 15th. Ladies, ladies, ladies. So DrPaulaAPrice.com, you can get all the registration details that you need. Last but certainly not least, follow Dr. Price on Facebook. She's on Facebook there, Facebook.com slash DrPaulaPrice. She is also on Twitter, if Twitter is what you prefer. She's on Twitter there. Her handle is at DrPaulaPrice. We want to give a big shout out to our Twitter family, our Facebook family. Family And our Periscope family, we love you so much, and we can't do what we do without you. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Right now, if you take our survey on DrPaulaAPrice.com, you can get a free download from the ministry. It's right there on the homepage. How do you listen and or watch Dr. Price online? Take a quick survey and get a free download. The survey's two minutes, two minutes of your life, you get a free download from Dr. Price. So make sure you do that. Take the quick PPM survey because we want to know a little bit more about how you Interact with Dr. Price online. So, again, check that out on the homepage drpaulaaprice.com. Take the quick survey, get your free download and be empowered. going to turn it back to Prophet Ashley so we can go ahead and get to your calls in the second hour. If you would like to speak to Dr. Price and you're just joining us on the line, you need to press number one. So take a moment, press number one right now so that we can go ahead and get to your calls. And I'm going to turn it back to Prophet Ashley. Join us tonight, I almost forgot, join us tonight, 8 o'clock p.m. for Prophetic Ed. Dr. Price is going to be live again on Periscope, 8 o'clock p.m., Prophetic Ed. We'll see you there. All right, thank you, Prophet Adia.
2: And we will be right back after these messages.
4: Welcome to PPM Global Resources, your one-stop ministry resource company. Whether ministry, professional, or personal, our products cover a diverse range of subjects, topics, and ministry issues that hit the center of where you are. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Explore the possibilities to conquer your world. Where are you going today? Ready to launch your own ministry? Want to develop a ministry training program? Looking for credible ministry education? You want guidance or direction? Maybe you just want to discover who you are. If you are a purpose seeker, looking for fresh resources, new ministry solutions, and endless possibilities, then welcome to PPM Global Resources. A ministry and professional resources company dedicated to meeting the needs of the 21st century minister. Why choose PPM Global? Because you want something better. We help build your vision, educate you in your calling, train you to succeed, teach you valuable skills, equip you to achieve, release you to conquer your world. Our business is your interests. Whether ministry, professional, or personal. Our products cover a diverse range of subjects, topics, and ministry issues that hit the center of where you are. Think of us as your personal vision support team. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Your success is our passion. Check us out online or contact us at 877-649-PPMG.
3: Hi, this is Dr. Paula Price, host of the Paula Price Show, reminding you to revisit last week's program at blogtalkradio.com backslash Paula Price Show.
6: New Era Apostleship Restitution, or NEAR, is a kingdom collaborative founded by Dr. Paula Price that unites God's New Era ministries, visions, and ventures Businesses and professionals in powerful, productive, and profitable ways that are mutually beneficial to all involved. Based on your level of membership, joining NEAR will give you access to assessment-based coaching and mentorship, personal ministry training and education, ministry credentialing and accreditation, spiritual covering and intervention, vision and ministry development, business and professional development, and more. Visit www.joinnear.com for membership and benefits information that's www.joineer.com
1: are you a prophet or apostle is your desire to help God's ministers come into their true identity and calling would you like to make a supplemental income while still doing what you love most serving God as his kingdom agent? Now PPM Global Resources offers an exciting employment opportunity for apostles and prophets. We want to employ you to do what God made you to do for him. We work in the industry of ministry and want to bring the industry to your ministry. Imagine getting paid a regular income for doing what you already do. Think about doing more than prophesying or waiting for your next preaching opportunity to fulfill your calling. Now, PPM Global has created gainful employment positions for your mantle, just like pastors and teachers have enjoyed for ages. Sign up as an affiliate agent or independent sales consultant, and you'll be able to share PPM Global's unique ministry model with your associates and colleagues and share the revenue PPM Global gains from your initiative. Or join PPM Global's team of advisors, coaches, and mentors and take part in shaping the next generation of fivefold ministers for Jesus Christ. Wherever you fit, you'll enjoy the benefits of collaborating with PPM Global, including a means of increasing your contacts and income without increasing your workload, the opportunity to be a gainfully employed, bona fide apostle or prophet, the privilege of shifting the church back to apostolic and prophetic leadership, and the honor of placing God's people in their right purpose and destiny. Apply today. Get trained, change lives, and earn more. PPM Global Resources. Explore the possibilities.
2: All right, and we are back with the second portion of the Paula Price show the second hour of power where Dr. Price goes in deep. Now, if you need prayer, you want to connect with Dr. Price and get for your prayer request, get some counsel, wisdom, and insight, go ahead and press that number one and get in the lineup. There are some people in the queue, and
3: there's room for you. Dr. Price, are you ready for your first caller? I am so ready, and I'm looking forward to it. I tell you, Ashley, God is really making some headway in some things. So, if you um when you get through, tell me a little bit about how you, uh, how you responded, or how today's extra training affected you. I'd love to hear it, and our and our listeners like to hear because sometimes they might want to hear what you gained from it. So, give me my first caller, Ashley. All right, first in line is Carolyn
2: from Florida. And she is actually calling back in with a testimony update for you, Dr. Price. Carolyn, welcome back to the Paula Price Show.
7: Thank you, Professor Ashley. Hi, Dr. Price, how are you?
3: Wonderful, Carolyn. How are you doing in Florida?
7: (laughs) I'm doing well, Dr. Price. I'm doing well.
3: Yes, so you have a testimony, huh?
7: Yes, I was calling in today because the last time I spoke with you, I think it was about three weeks ago, and I was telling you, giving a praise report of how I got from Wichita, Kansas, to Jacksonville, Florida, and I know at almost the end of the call, you were I was in the extended stay, and you prayed and you said, "I want you to extend an extended stay." And I was supposed to leave that following day, but I heard the word from you that you were talking about. God wanted me to be more of a fighter than a retreater. So, you you have not, because you asked not. <laughs> So I got up and began to ask, and my extended stay was extended for about two additional weeks, and I really didn't have any other monies to stay. So I thank God for that. I am now in um, a home of my friend with her um, family, Um, and also the other day I was saying, Lord, I don't have any money for this um, phone bill. I'm actually under my son on his bill. And I said, we need this, because he was having um, interviews back and forth. And I mean, at the nick of time, the lady had called me and said that it would be um, shut off that particular night. Um, no, or that next morning. She didn't know what time. And the money um, came in for that. And then I um, actually owed on my storage bill. And um, I got a call stating that it would be, um, the lock would be put on and an additional fee would be $10. And if I didn't pay it by 12 midnight and by 8 o'clock, that was paid. And I know this may not mean a lot for, you know, some people, but when you don't have anything and you see the hand of God move for you, because I was obedient to move from um, Kansas to Florida, it means so much um, to me, so much to me, and I just want to thank you, Dr. Price, for your words of encouragement, your prayers um, over my life, and also you included my son, and um, he began working on a contract job on Monday, so I thank God for that, too. He also interviewed today for another um, We did a web interview for another job, and we're praying for that, too. He said that it was a little bit over his head, but he loves a challenge. Thank God um, to you, Dr. Price. God is truly speaking through you. You are real, just R-E-A-L, real. And I just thank God so much because you made such an impact and a difference In my life, I could see that I was more of a retreater and not say anything, but because of you and because of the God in you, um, I'm just a different person today. And I thank God so much for what He's doing in my life.
3: Well, I thank you also, Carolyn. First of all, I want to say it's my pleasure. I love it. I love seeing the people of God bounce back, come back, fight back, stand up, and win. <laughs> and God wants that too. And so I want to tell you, I am grateful that you called in today to uh, share that. And don't think anything God does is small. Because remember, God, does, God has millions of people that He's not moving overtly for or interventively for. All over the planet. So the fact that he wants to move in your life because of that, mm-hmm. yeah, amen. Give him some praise. I never cheapen and I never shorten or abbreviate God's praise because he doesn't have to. You know, God says, you know, having food and raiment, there would be content. You know, so mm-hmm. that's the same God. You know, so now he's talking mm-hmm. about cell phones, art meds, you know, homes, jobs, storage fees. Mm-hmm. And we go on, okay, baby, you Mm passed the ring, so (laughs) that's quite a bit to praise him for and continue to praise him. Continue to praise him because God said to tell you he's going to put you to work soon. Get ready because you're getting a job.
7: Okay, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
3: Now, I see it's a job that's what I'm looking at. I'm just saying. What I'm looking at is a job that's going to start with something that you do in your hands. It's like you're going to start making something or helping somebody do something. But I see it's your hands that's going to get you this other open door. So whatever that is, I don't know if it's what is processing or anything like that. And I guess if I decide to dig a little bit, I could. But. Um, the point is God said, "Get ready because he 's going to put you on your get, get you on your feet and put you in your own home whether it 's rented purchased it doesn't matter you're going to get on your feet and in your own amen. home because God says he 's begun this project with you and he 's cut a covenant with you about this project and he 's not going to finish until you get everything he told you that he was going to do for you as you were driving cross country
7: amen. So he's
3: got, he's on a campaign with you, and I thank him for it because I know what that's like. I, I mean, I've lived that kind of life with the Lord, so I'm excited. Stay with God. Stay in your prayers. Stay in your, your you know, your worship, and stay in this positive posture, but I don't know what um, – something uh, – I'm looking at a facility. I keep saying this. Uh, so I'm going to finish what I see. I'm looking at a facility, and in this facility, it's like a community house or a community center where you are, are going to do some volunteer work or, or, or help them out with something. But it's in that, not staying home, but it's in getting out, giving of yourself that you're going to get employed.
7: Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Okay.
3: That's the next step. You ask them what was the next step in the process. That's it. And so you need to start giving yourself because sometimes people need to know that you're worth a second or third look before they will give you first consideration. Okay. So I just feel that for you. And, again, you can come back. You know, blog talk, it stays up there. So you can come back and listen to it again and again and again. Mm -hmm. But that's what I urging you to do, Carla. So, Father God, I thank you. I bless you, Holy Savior. I bless you, Jesus Christ, Messiah of the world. And I thank you for your children. I thank you, Father, for your family. I thank you for counting me faithful, putting me in your service, in your ministry, and giving me the opportunity to touch their lives week after week, God, and then to get testimonies like the one that Karen just gave to say, yes, God is still in the Jesus Christ, I'm the God of the world business. He's still in the business of, of changing lives and rescuing and providing and saving and healing and restoring. And so, God, we thank you for the restoration of Carolyn's life from beginning to end, God, and not a carbon copy of what she had, but a brand-new restoration, God, that she would have a job restoration. Well, she'll have twice as much as what she lost, Father God, because that is your will for her right now. And I thank you, Lord, that she continues to be led by your spirit, getting up every morning and bowing down and and getting on her knees to pray to you and to read the word of the day, God so that she can be led by your Holy Spirit. Lord, this woman's testimony is amazing, but we all stand as your children, as your family, and as your servants celebrating you, Jesus, and applauding you for what you've done in this woman's life and waiting to hear the fullness of the plan being completed for her. I bless you for that, Holy Father, and we give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.
4: Amen,
7: amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Price.
3: You're welcome. We're gonna hear from you soon, girl.
7: Okay. God bless. God bless bye, you. bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>
3: Prophet Ashley. All right, Doctor
2: Price. We have next with us on the Paul Price Show today, Cheryl from South Carolina, and she is calling because she's having some major allergy issues with her eyes, and she says she can barely see and needs some prayer. Okay. Cheryl from South Carolina, welcome to the Paul Price Show.
0: Thank you.
3: Well,
2: Cheryl, I'm I'm,
0: hello. I'm
3: good. I, you know I'm flying,
0: Cheryl. I'm on the clouds. Where are you? I'm sorry, say that again. I said, I'm manner?
3: on the clouds. I'm, I'm on the clouds. Where are you? I'm up in
0: the clouds. In. Oh, I don't know. I think I'm on level ground. <laughs> 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 I've done all I know to do. I've praise the healing, I've done prayer calls, I've been looking at my eyes. Um, and I just don't know what God is telling me to do for this. I've, I've been under an allergy for about a year. Seeing an eye doctor, um, it was better. So I went for a treatment, and apparently whatever they did caused an allergic reaction. Um, so, you know, a friend of mine, I'm, just, I'm new to your show, but a friend of mine um, is very familiar with you and told me to call in today. So I've been, I didn't catch your show, but I was looking at Periscope most of the morning, you know, catch on some of the things that you speak on particularly about um profits and the ninety five percent accuracy. So uh, so I'm really I'm really trying to how do you say check in with God for a checkup. I'm not sure what he is what what's going on, I guess. I believe well, in healing. And
3: well you're gonna get healed, that's for sure. I'm gonna do that. Um but you know, I wanna say to you, do you you uh, let me ask you this. Do you wear eye makeup? No. Okay, have you ever worn it?
0: Mm, years ago, maybe like 20 okay. years you ago. Okay, you
3: stopped here. About, okay. Because um, sometimes you can just get an infection from that. But here's what I just hear God saying, and that is that, you know, I know you've heard all of this before, so we're going to say it again. You need to switch out your entire bed, everything. Okay. All the way, down. Uh, you even the mattress. I know that's going to be expensive, but you need to switch out everything in your bed everything Uh, pillowcases all of that you'll get healed that's not a question but that's what i see in the spirit when you were talking i just kept seeing your bed
0: now i I did replace everything a year ago so i need to do it again the mattress and everything you
3: probably at least start with the linens and also start with what you're washing because you you need to start with the linens i know you if everything especially the linens and your pillows that's not expensive. Okay. You could even you know, you could knock out a few pillows and your linen. Okay. But if I'm looking at you. Your face is down in your pillow, and it's something to do with that. Okay. So exactly. you have to do that. But more importantly, now, you know, it's a funny thing about when you have a lingering anything, you then get so anxious about it. Your anxiety keeps it going. Okay. And so we're going to give you peace. So Father God, I thank you for being our healer. And so I thank you, Lord Jesus, for healing right now, healing Cheryl's eyes. I dispatch the kerabosh. I dispatch the healing bomb of the Almighty God into your eyes. I command the parasite and all of the the infections and all of the the uh, airborne uh, bugs that are bothering her right now. I, I dispatch a cleansing. I think Yes. I speak to your eyes, and I speak to your immune system, and I command it to raise up and do its job to issue, to, pur- to purge your eyes. And, Lord, I thank you for it in Jesus' omnipotent name. God, I thank you for this woman. I thank you for her faith in you. I thank you for her fight. But now, Lord, we, we reassign this spirit, and we cancel this malady, your assignment, your legal hold on her is broken, superseded by this prayer today. And I bless you for it. Amen and amen. Now, I will tell you something that I do. I am not a doctor for eyes and stuff like that, but you're already under doctor's care. But I'm going to tell you what I have done when I have had that. And it may not be in your area, but I do it. I have this little, um, um, uh, what is it? This little water machine that they got, the little Kangan people. And I've been using their water in my eyes because mine had been been giving me a fit. It took me three days, and it was clean. So stay with your doctor. I never tell people to leave doctors because I think doctors are some powerful folks that God has blessed to handle us in ways that he cannot get to us. Stay with your doctor. But I'm telling you, your pillow and having been getting yourself that kind of water, it's just water. Water, eye wash can't hurt. That's what I will say. It can't hurt, at least it did hurt me. So, but I do see your pillow and your pillowcases. That's what I saw most of all. And so go forward with that. But, it's, you know, at this point, to be honest with you, Sharon, my prayers work. So you are healed. Thank you. You know, my prayers work because that's the covenant I have with God in my occupation, and my seat. So okay. go and be healed. All right. Thank you. You are very welcome, my beloved. Let us know how you're doing, because you know we always okay. like a follow up update. You know, okay.
0: I will. All right, okay.
3: God bless. Bye Ashley.
2: Okay, Doctor Price. Speaking of follow ups and updates, we have another one on the line. This is Tamika. Ooh, this is my time. She is calling to give you Who an update it? and a testament. Tamika from Mississippi. Okay. And she also has a question after her update. Tamika, welcome back to the Paula Price Show.
10: Hey, Dr. Price. I am so excited to talk to you again. Um, I'm going to give you a little reminder of my story, and I'm sure it will remind you will remember it. I called in some months ago. Um, I was the one that had lost my husband in the summer of last year, uh, drug-related. I was the one who disobeyed God and suffered seven years of Uh, basically a pretty horrible marriage and then he passed away unexpectedly last summer and I was trying to get prayer to finish my PhD and it was so overwhelming and just doing so many things well you did pray that I would finish my PhD and so I defended in December and I will graduate in May um, as as spoken by you. So um, all of that went well, and um, I just wanted to give you an update that the Ph.D. is complete. I'm just waiting to walk across that stage.
3: <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Congratulations. Ooh,
10: well, boy, thank you. Good
3: day for me. <laughs>
10: Thank you. It was it was emotionally. I don't you know. I remember because it was it was turmoil in my marriage, and I disobeyed God, and I I listened to your teachings now about marriage, and I'm like Lord, what was Dr. Price seven years ago when I got married? Because I knew that was not the man ordained for me, but I did it anyway. And I promise you, I suffered some things for seven years in that marriage. And so when I was listening to you the other night talking about these Christian mingle and all these sites saying get back out there, where is there? And, you know, that's what everybody's been telling me, you know, since my husband passed away to get back out there. But I'm like, no, I needed to take time for God to heal me because I realized that, you know, to be married to someone deliberately who was on drugs, there were some issues that I had with self-esteem, with rejection, and a lot of issues, um, just not feeling worthy of love that the Holy Spirit had to really minister to me and heal me from. And now I'm just walking into a place where I feel healed, delivered, and set free, which brings me to my question. Lately, since the Ph.D. has been completed, um, there have been, even before then, since my husband passed away, quite a few guys that have shown interest in me, none of which that I have been really interested in. There was one that I was pretty interested in, but he's kind of of the opinion that he doesn't want to be with a woman that makes more money than him, and so I've gotten that lately that my success is intimidating, and it's not that I have a Jezebel spirit or I brag about it. So my only defense has been Proverbs 31. I mean, she was a virtuous woman, and I try to pattern my characteristics after that. But it's like now I'm afraid to get into another bad marriage, but at the same time I feel almost like instead of being – you know, open the fact that I have a PhD. When asked about my career, I almost feel like I need to diminish it somewhat, at least initially. So it's like, my question is, what what do you say to that when you are a successful woman and a man says, well, I don't know about a woman making more money or her position. How do I handle that now? I don't know what to do.
3: Well, you know what? I, I'm going to be the right lady for you to talk to. First of all, I, when this is over, Tamika, I want you to go to um, my site and Prophet Ashley will repeat it and get the teaching I did on the Women's Restoration Weekend. That is oh. going to set your soul free. You. That's the first thing. Secondly, I'm going to say, uh, say this and then I'm going to ask you, well, I'm going to ask my questions first. You know, um, and then I will I will talk about what my response is. And that is, um, are you ready to be married?
10: I am. I really do because I had seven years of a bad marriage, and I do want to be married again because I'm young. I'm 39 years old, and I, I want to experience things with a life partner. And, yes, ma'am, I do want to be married again. I do.
3: Okay. I'm okay with that. But here's the thing. Your husband just died last year.
10: Yes, ma'am.
8: And we so technically Huh.
10: We had so many issues for so long until it was like um it was it was a it was a bad marriage. It was bad. I mean we had no affection, Jamaica, no intimacy, nothing.
3: It doesn't make a difference. You bound yourself to that man and you kept him in your life. And even though you feel better, and you, and you are stronger, your Ph.D. is not enough to say that you are mostly healed and emotionally restored. You are okay. academically improved. So don't confuse your betterment streams, okay? Because, see, you're confusing okay. your betterment streams. You're, you're thinking, well, if I was bold enough and strong enough to get that done, and then he's out of my life, and I acknowledge that he was a bad choice and on and on and on. But to me, from what you're telling me, you have, you're still getting ready to be right to make another bad choice. You still saying, well, I've got a lot of guys interested in me. So you're on a prowl. If you're on a prowl, you're going to pick up whatever whatever picks up on you being on a prowl. That's going to happen. You have not, you just got this PhD. You haven't even done anything with it. You haven't even made any money off of the worthwhile, unless I'm missing something. You just got a PhD. Yeah, you're not many a PhD. they sweep sweeping the floors and all of that. Now I'm proud of you. Let me hear this. I want you to write this down. Dr. Price said, uh, she is proud of me, but I'm trying to tell you that this enemy, called the seduction, that gets on people, especially people who make marriage more important than anything else, um, this spirit is so smart. He'll just keep more. He'll just keep morphing. He'll okay. So you uh, is it going to take a PhD to get to get you to think the same way? Well, then we'll just slap that veneer on here. I need you to go through some at root stuff. So this is my recommendation to you, my beloved. Okay. Here's a recommendation, and then I'm going to answer your question because it should be answered. Fair enough? Yes, ma'am. You, I want you on a life advisement. When you hang up, I want you to get on a life advisement because your soul is still got the same root issues that you picked up at age eight years old, and you've never even met the problem. You have so got rid of the symptoms, you think you got rid of the straw man. Wow. And the strong man is still there. And so the reason that I, and, and I, will, I can get into all of this other stuff, but I'm going to leave that with your advisor. So when you're done, I want you to go into my website. I want you to click a button. I want you to get yourself a life advisor. I want you to talk to Prophet Ashley or, or Prophet Todd, because I'm telling you, you are not free. Okay. Now I can give you four or five reasons to say it, but I'm not going to do that to you because, beloved, I want to celebrate your success. But I'm telling you, you are so not free.
10: Wow. And I needed to hear that, which I haven't been on the prowl. I've been asked out, but I refuse. I have not dated anybody. I have not looked for anybody. I have not, you know, it's like they'll ask and I do know, I'm not interested. But, you know, there was one person that I was interested in. But outside of that, you know, we didn't even go out on a date, no talking on the phone with anybody. I have strictly not done anything like that. I have not.
3: I just want your soul clean. This is me. I want your soul clean. That's number one. Number two, I think the man that deserves a woman who has made the strides you have made deserves a woman with no baggage. I think he deserves a healthy woman. I think that, that that people who have done a lot of work on themselves psychologically should not go and reinfect themselves with poor choices, poor relational choices. That's just my I, I, I believe, and I'm going to stand with that. Let me tell you the next thing, because I was just responding to how you introduced the call, but let me give you your answer. I'm, I'm going to tell you from, uh, from all my life, I would never deal with a man that told me I had to be less to make him feel the best. I will never do it, never. I don't care if they're my friend. I don't deal with men like that because those are issues. And I don't know why men are allowed to have those kind of silly issues and women can't. So we have to hide what we've done. We have to hide our light under a bushel. we got to let our lamps go out. we got to whatever. You're talking to the wrong men. You need to get into the strata of men who understand who want strong women. Not all men feel that way. There are some very secure men out there who want a Life partner, a wife that is going to match them, a real helpmate, a real companion. Sometimes, you know, there are men who want to be married because they need a bedmate. There are men who want to be married because they need a housekeeper. There are some men who want to be married because they need a womb and they need a re, you know, a re- um, enactment of their childhood life with their mom. Those are fine if that's what you want. But you did not go to school for some guy to tell you that what you did is, is so offensive to him that he can't take it because that's already telling you you with the wrong man. And that's you, right. To me, I'm not picking up, uh-uh, you don't pick up any man's issues. Since if you, you If you're going to get married to a man, then you need to marry a man. And you need to marry a man who is okay. I don't care if he is sweeping up, if he's sweeping up dust in the corner every day. If he's if he's at peace with that, and he's comfortable with that, and he's still man enough to do whatever else I need, then that's good enough for me. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to have a PhD to be worthy of you. What he has to have is dignity and Mm -hmm. self esteem. And so. You and all of you sisters out there, when they start that, here's my question. And I'm glad I'm not out there because you know I'm terrible as I am. But I'm telling you, I did it when I was out there. Then go do better. If you don't like me making more money than you, then go get a better job, get a better education, and we'll be equal. Otherwise, we've got nothing that's to right. discuss. If
4: mm-hmm. that's a
3: problem, because if your marriage is based on finding on who's making the most money, are you kidding me? That's not a marriage. That's, a, that's, that's literally a, a financial arrangement based on one person feeling superior and the other one hiding who they are. So don't fall into that. If, if, when it's time for you to get married again and it's time for God to bring you to your spouse, don't look for somebody who's going to have a problem with your achievements. Because if they're having a problem with your achievements, then eventually they're going to have a problem with your existence. Because that's just the way it is. And I, I, I refuse to think that God only has those kind of men. i I no devil gonna make me believe that that's the best God can offer any woman who has any kind of purpose or function. I refuse to believe that. And if they do, then I'm sending forth the spirit of healing on all their souls. I'm dispatching deliverance. I'm dispatching restoration. I'm dispatching breakthrough. But I refuse to believe that's a third world mentality. They need their women under their toes. That's why God uh-huh. put us in this country. Because they need women under their toes, and half of them would still wouldn't take that. But I'm telling you, nobody's going to believe that. And I think that we have bought the lie so much, Tamika, that people, and because that's part of the whole, you know, keep women as nobody saying, that this of rhetoric goes on. But I want to say to you, you should not be shopping in a store that can't bless you for who you are.
7: Wow. That's right. So you need
3: to get out. Get out of there. Get out. Don't stop talking to them. When they start like that, say, "Son, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play dumb to make you feel smart. I'm not doing that." Mm-hmm.
5: Amen. And, and
3: again, you know, and, and I'm not, you know, because sometimes you know people are like, well, you know, uh-uh, I'm just not gonna do it. I will be as honest with you as I can. The one thing I remember about my husband when we were dating and we were thinking about getting married, he said one word that set me free. He said. I feel good about the fact that if anything happens to you, you can take care of yourself, and if anything happens to me, we'll be okay.
9: Wow. That
3: That's what is I think. What, baby, I'm not going to play with that. So I'm just saying to you, when you start going out, just stop a pilot. First of all, your Ph.D. did not heal you. It just gave you some, it made you intelligent, gave you some education, gave you some financial value and worth. That's great, but it didn't heal you. Secondly, you do need soul healing because what forced you to make that decision is not gone. Mm-hmm. I know it by the words that you spoke, okay? And then, thirdly, when it's time, first of all, don't shop with your career. Don't lead with your career and all of that, but don't hide it either. Okay. So those are the three things. So I do need you to get that, sign up for that advisement, and I promise you, you're going to love it. If you just finish your p you're going to love the program. The three D program, I promise you, sweetheart, you are gonna love it. Just because yes, of who ma'am. you are. You're gonna And so you wanna do that and let's let's make sure that if you're going to get married again, that the man that you think you deserve also should get a woman that he deserves. And she ought to be clean. He ought not to have to carry a whole lot of baggage, whole lot of indecision and all of that, flash that's that's horrible to be waiting for somebody and then you wake up and say, This is what I got. Wow. So let's all get it together, and then we'll all go forward. I'm going to pray. You know, I'm so glad to hear from you, sweetie. I'm so, I can't even tell I just can't help myself. I'm, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's my daughter. I'm <laughs> excited. <laughs> I'm thrilled. I am. I'm thrilled. But let's run. Father, you. in Jesus' name, I thank you for Tamika. First of all, God, I thank you for bringing her through. I thank you for changing her life. I thank you for delivering her soul. She is an amazing woman, God, and yet she's only at the threshold of her amazingness. Lord, let it not fall to the ground and let it not be distorted or diverted. That's the first thing I want to say. Secondly, God, I thank you for going in and doing that deep work. Lord, you know, getting all of the strong men out of the way so she can get to the source so she can get to that power that is binding her soul and and that power that wrote and scripted her in ways that she cannot even recognize yet. I thank you for it. And then lastly, Lord, Lord, I thank you that she drops that classic cultural female and takes off who you made her to become because, God, if that is what you have done for her and if you ordained her to be married, her man needs her to be who you made and not who culture made or who culture crafted. So I thank you that she will have the courage to become the woman that you've made so that the spouse that you have for her, if there is one, that he is not shortchanged and he's not cheated because of her own inferiorities and insecurities. And I I bless you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
10: Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Price.
3: You're so very welcome. It's my pleasure. Stay in touch.
10: I will, for sure. Thank you.
3: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, Prophet Ashley, I'm ready. All right, Dr.
2: Price, so am I. Haha. <laughs> we have next on the line, Janita is calling from Pennsylvania. You know, she is in transition to Tulsa and is calling for prayer for that and has met some resistance. <laughs> with some of her oh, priorities and need some finances to come through so she can be released. Johnita, welcome back to the Paul Price Show.
8: Thank you. Thank you.
2: Hello, Dr. Price. Hi, Johnita. How are you doing? Obviously, Hi. you're doing well, and you're fighting to get here. Is that right? Yes.
8: <laughs> yes, I'm doing very well. You know, I just, I wanted to give a couple of updates. I'm sorry. I can't hear you, Dr. Fritz. I'm sorry. Hello? I'm listening. listening. Okay. I wanted to give um, a couple of updates. I want to say, first of all, your team is just awesome, and I want to thank them for just being so great and helping me through this transition, my advisor, Prophet Ashley, um, my prayer partner, Minister Norma, Uh, We have our first tenant uh, fulfilled in one of the properties, so that is awesome. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for their prayers and upholding that. And as well, uh, one of the loans that I had out there uh, was actually uh, paid back, so I'm praising the Lord for that. So I'm grateful, but I need this to continue to move the, um, the money to get the property fixed Is being held up. It should have been here, so I can't start this work. So I really want to, you know, really pray about that and get this going because I know that God will have to be done in this situation. I'm ready to move forward, and I want to keep the fire to move this forward. Amen. Well, then I'm going to join you. First of all, congratulations on
3: the victories you had so far, and now we're going to expedite it so that we can get you into your purpose here on the ground in Tulsa in our Come Home Project. Um, Father God, I thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God, for Johnita. I thank you, Lord, for her faith, her determination, and, Lord, I thank you for uniting her with us and forging that union even more every single day. And I bless you, God, for her commitment to you. Now, I speak into the real estate and the financial realm in her region, and I speak to those agents and forces that you have on assignment in her life. And, God, I free them to go and bring in her solution. I free them to remove the barriers, the stagnation, and the hindrances to her respect mm receiving her funds. And, God, I call it in. I break every yoke. I command the shackles that are binding her to that region to be loose. And, Lord, we accelerate what it takes to fulfill your word in her life. We accelerate it, God, by the Holy Ghost and by your heavenly and earthly host. In in Jesus' name, amen and amen.
8: Amen. Amen. And as well, I have Ms. Ensinga here. She wanted to ask for prayer for her help. Thank you, Father God.
3: I thank you for healing her, for the things that that she's dealing with. I also thank you, Lord, for changing her appetite and causing her to desire more healthier food. And I thank you for her being open to changing her appetite for healthier food. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'll see you when you arrive. Okay. And that will be very Uh,
8: soon. Thank you. God bless you. All right. We'll talk soon, Janita. Yes. All right. Happy birthday again.
3: Happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. God bless.
8: All
3: right. God bless. Okay, Prophet Ashley, we are rolling along. Today was a good day for everybody. We're getting them all through. What a blessing. Who else do we have?
2: All right, Dr. Price, we have Jackie from California on the line. She said, I need some prayer. Uh, She has a comment about today, and she also needs some counsel on, is it time to leave her church? Jackie from Cali, welcome to the Paula Price Show.
5: Hello, Dr. Price, how are you? I am fine, Jackie. How are you doing? Well, I'm not running down the alley this time. I'm trying to be calm. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> I'm 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 very grateful for you, but um I'm very um when you talked about the prophets and how we have been prophesying and what's going on out there and I mean that was definitely a corrective word and it's like you don't wanna do that and the Holy Spirit has been dealing with me about um a peer stream, a peer word. And I'm at a church where um, it's just frustrating. Um, it just seems like any and everything goes on. Uh, and I just need to know if it's time for me to leave now. I just recently retired and from my job. I got laid off from my job, and I had been going for other jobs. And uh, nothing seemed to be happening and I got all this stuff going on, and I'm like, Lord, you know, what's what's happening? I've taken your assessment. Uh, I got the Prophet's dictionary. You know, um, I did order the 3D book. Um, I got all the books. I'm on YouTube listening to all of your stuff, and I'm like, God, just where am I? Can you please help me? <laughs> okay, so Jackie, the first thing I
3: want to ask you. I want to ask you two questions. The first yes, question is, you said you took the assessment, so what did it tell you that you should be working on
5: fulfilling as God's will for your life? Well, I don't know yet because it. I've been going through a lot of warfare with the assessment, taking the assessment. The first one I took, somehow it didn't go through, so I had to go somewhere else and take it. And I, I should have called this morning and say, did you receive it or something like that? But it just seemed like the warfare has been so heavily on me getting that assessment through. Okay, because I need you to get that through because if, it,
3: if you're having that kind of warfare, it obviously must be a solution. Yes. <laughs> At yes, least yes. So that's course, why I'm not stopping. I know. Okay, so that's first thing. Now, you said you're doing all of that stuff. Have you ever, and probably have by now, but let me just confirm, have you called for a prophetic or life advisement?
5: Uh, no. Okay. Is that different? Hold on. Okay. Come on. Because, see, I know where
3: you are. When you, man, when you're facing that barrage, it's like nothing makes sense. All
5: you want to do is just stop the pain. Well, just stop the pain. I just want to sit down. I just want to sit down and be done. I'm just like. And and plus, my husband just just had a heart attack about 30 days, so I'm trying to get, you know, pressed toward, you know, a lot of stuff right
3: now okay but you know what listen to me i want to say this i want to ask uh, jackie work with me just answer me quickly so we don't run out of time because okay, i know what i need to say to you but i need to confirm that i am speaking to the very issue that god wants to deal with but not what you're just not just what you're telling me you. okay? okay so that's our i so okay. let me ask you let's go back to this church Tell me, what is it that your church, as briefly as you can, what is it that your church is doing that is really frustrating you or or, 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 um, alarming you? Nothing. Okay, so why do you want to leave it? You said it seems
5: like everything or anything goes. What does that mean? Well, when when I say nothing, it's like anybody can come in and prophesy. Anybody can do anything. They just let anybody do whatever they want. And there's not a lot of teaching. There's not a lot of training now. Before, when I called, it was like I was in transition, <clears throat> and that was a place where I landed so I can heal up and move on. Now, when I talk with the pastor, uh, he understood that. Now, I do prophesy there. He, I do teach there. I do all of that, but I'm like, you know, it's it's just not enough for me. Okay, now the reason that I'm saying this um because
3: it's important, whether or not it's enough for you, we'll have to deal with when we talk about your assessment. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I need to look at that to make some you know, to make sure that we're making a judgment call based on what is really you and not what you're feeling. Right now. Okay. Okay? You have to separate okay. those two. So okay. having said that What I'm interested what I would like to say to you is that if this church is all that you said, clearly your church is not a covering. No. Because if that much is getting through to your life, your church is not a covering. If if, if what you're telling me is true, your church is not a covering, it's an experience. Wow. Okay? And we need to know that there's a difference. Some people go to church for an experience. Other people, because of where they're stationed in God's life and in God's kingdom, they need a church that covers. So you are all of these things are raining in on your life because your church can't cover you. Now, I don't know about your pastor. I don't know what their level of this or that is, but it, a church that has that much traffic, a, hear me, I'm, I'm saying something that's going to get a lot of folks through. A church that has that much traffic, of ministers coming through, and that much unrestrained activity is not a covering; it's an experience. Okay. So the question to me answers itself. If you enjoy the experience and you enjoy the opportunity to prophesy now and again and all of that, then stay there. But if you need something that's going to become, you know, it's kind of like you know the virus detection on your um, on your computer. Without it, everything under the sun is running through you, everything's falling apart. You, put that, you hit that button, and it says you are now activated, and it's almost like a muscle man coming on your computer and starts binding and casting out things, cleaning up stuff, and all of that. But you must be ready for covering, and I don't know that you are. Yeah. Because there are people who say, I went to this church, and they were too rigid, or they were too this, or I couldn't do that. And that might be a covering church. You know, we, 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 I, I can understand that. I do that in assessments. We have some churches that are covering. And I mean, when you come in there, it's almost like you have come into the rock of Gibraltar. God is so tight on that. They're close with God. That leader is not playing with God. They don't have mess. And I don't care whether it's prophetic or not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a church with a leader and with a government structure that says we are here for Jesus Christ. We're going to do it Christ's way. Amen. Those churches, you, you don't have these kind of testimonies like that. You have an occasional this is so-and-so going through or whatever, but you don't have this calamity that you have. And so you have to decide if you want a covering church or if you want an experiential church.
5: Okay. I need a covering church.
3: Then now we need to talk about something different, and that is what can, are you willing to convert to a covering church? Here's what I'm saying it. Because here's what my recommendation is. You find the church that God, God has one, because he's talking to me about it. You find the church that God sends you to, and don't go there to be anybody but a sheep. Right. Just sit in there, be a sheep. Learn to, learn to, to go to the Bible studies, go to the prayer meeting if God bless you, but go in there and be a sheep. Don't go there talking about I've been saved all this time, I know the Lord, I have this don't, do, don't do that because you know you be doing that because you are so frustrated with being on hold in the Holy Ghost. Okay. Don't do that. You're going to go in there and be on hold and you're going to sit down there like a sweet little sheep. You're going to pay your time. You're not going to get caught up in the gossip. You're not going to get caught up in whatever. You don't want any of that. Just go there and be a sheep because God's word to you today, my beloved is that I need you to be a sheep before you try to be a shepherd. Yeah. That's his word to you. And so because you're strong and your calling is real, Dr. Christ is not going to tell you that it isn't. You are strong and it's real But God needs you to master being the sheep So he can trust you as a shepherd
5: Yes Say enough Yes ma'am
3: all right. Father God, I thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing. God, I thank you for Jackie. I thank you for leading her to this church. I know it's a test case. She has no idea you're about to test her, but I'm, I'm announcing it. But, Lord, lead her to the church that you've chosen for her and lead her to the shepherd that you've chosen so that she can get wisdom and insight on the doors to shut in her life, the people to, to distance herself from, and all of the other things that are allowing this influx A calamity to overtake her. And I thank you for doing it for her. God, now, and today, it's up in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. Thank you, you, Dr. Price. You're very welcome. God bless you, woman of God. We'll talk soon.
5: Thank you. Okay. All right. Mm Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
3: Well, Prophet, Prophet Ashley, it seems like we've come to an end up. We have. Huh. And we have had a really, I think, a very great, very
2: great program
3: today. Oh, excellent. Yes, oh. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. <laughs> well, you, you know, when, when the people who produce it are thrilled, we're okay. I'm all right. Sure. So, listen tonight. <laughs> 8 p.m. Prophetic Ed. It's on. We're going to stay in this vein and stay in this journey. I want, if you're a prophet, if you're a prophetic person, if you're a prophesier, I want you to put it on your Facebook. Don't miss Dr. Paula Price tonight on Prophetic Ed. Reach out to everybody you know, sin, 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 and share, 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 because again, I'm going to take you to school on this subject, because it's time for those of you who want to get it right, to have the tools to getting it right, and it's time for those of you who are just entering it to know that you can enter on a stronger and more defined foundation. So tonight, 8 p.m., right here, Central Time, Prophetic Ed. I will see you then. Have a great afternoon. Hi, this is Dr. Paula Price thanking you for joining me on this week's show. I want to remind you that the counsel and wisdom, the prayer and prophecy that you enjoy today does not have to end with today's program. You can go to blogtalkradio.com/backslash Paula Price Show and join tens of thousands of people who re-listen to my program every week. Again, blogtalkradio.com/backslash Paula Price Show and you can relive the experience every single day. God bless you.